All right, let's let's get into the word. We have a, a new message for the day. Uh, uh, thought we was going to teach on the guarantor again, but uh, committed passion uh, is what we're going to talk about today. Um, and uh, the Lord kind of changed up what we what I thought I was going to talk about. Then He woke me up about three thirty or four thirty this morning and uh gave some specific things that we'll hit today. So uh it re- actually Ray uh and I probably referenced a lot of what Ray shared yesterday in knowing him and you know and, and his quest to actually he said he was thinking about uh leaving the kingdom. Uh that, that would include the church. Uh and uh he said God if you don't show me yourself you know, um, I'm, I'm done with all this. That, did I say that close to right? And he said, God showed himself, you know. So he was so uh, broken to know how real God is and experience the realness of God, you know. And, and his message resonated with some other people that, uh, you know, you kind of go through things where you're like, when is my turn and when is it going to happen? And I see things happening for other people and and is it ever going to happen for me or I don't think they really like me well you know what they probably can't stand me well they didn't speak to me today and kind of just um the average you know he was talking about how don't you you don't want the adversary to get into your thoughts allow allow him to get into your head because he's trying to pull you out of God's presence and sometimes we get out of God's presence first in our in our thoughts in our minds we 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 you know we may have misspoke and we go, mm-hmm, they're going to take that, and they're never going to allow me to do stuff again. I don't know what church you were at, but not here at Ayers Christian Center Church. It doesn't work that way. And so we can get in our own head. And uh, let me see if I share this now. I have it in my notes. I'll share it with me and you talked about. Uh, so um, basically, committed passion is uh, being locked into your love for God's design and purpose locked in so you're committed to your love for God's design and purpose and um you know Ray talked about a lot of that purpose is being in God's presence so let's go to Matthew 22 Matthew 22 committed passion You know, God always tries to give us a picture just so we have a visual. So, obviously, you see that's Christ back there in the background. We already know that was committed passion. But that's actually a mountain climber. And it looks like he's hanging on a cliff for his life, but he's not. He's just so committed. He's jumping to the cliff to go to the next level. (laughs) He's so passionate about climbing a mountain that he has no fear about that about hanging on a cliff to get to the next level. So he ain't falling. He's on his way up. <laughs> right? Um, uh, so so let's go Matthew 22. Familiar scripture to some. Verse 37. This is a uh, verse 30. I'll give you a minute to get there. But it states there, uh, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Now, coming up, growing up in church, a lot of people uh, don't really look hard at the scripture. You know, they'll say what they believe is saying. And so a lot of times you always hear uh, uh, 
spirit, soul, and body. That's not what the scripture is saying. It says with all your heart, soul, and mind. And what happens is it's, it's, it's keep telling you to go deeper. It's saying love God with all your heart. I have to take it a little deeper with all your soul, but take it even another level with all your mind. I'm going to read it out of the message. I, I think it'll make a, a little sense. I don't always reference uh, the other versions, but I think this will help. The message says, Jesus said, love the Lord thy God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. With all your passion, prayer, and intelligence. It says this is the most important and first on any list, but there's a second set alongside it. Love others as well as you love yourself. Right? And of course, it, it says here, after it said that, it says... Uh, uh, the first is the great commandment. The second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then it says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So we can, we can determine that if we're, we have committed passion, that committed passion is number one in our love for God, number two in God's people. Number one in loving God, number two in God's people. So we always say here, we were talking about this morning in our transition meeting, that uh, if you ever wanted to know, okay, what are the, what are the pastors want or what are they thinking? Uh, and, and some of you guys can attest to this. You heard me say it over and over. We love God and we love God's people. So every time we're doing something, it's God first and, and in consideration of his people. All right. So, and in our life, we have to ask ourselves, is, is our first thought, the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Ray, I think you referenced that scripture yesterday, right? Well, if, if I'm going to seek God first in his righteousness, then my number one concern is God and God's people, right? But a lot of our concerns are, are respectfully may have not been that way. And we're wondering, like, what's the holdup? The holdup is take your, 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 your hands and your, your, your mind and your heart and your soul off of what you want and give God what he needs to make sure you get what you want right right he needs your uh, all of you right so so as we're going through this particular lesson we're going to talk about different types of Christians we're going to talk about the committed Christian the complacent Christian the freelance Christian um the worldly Christian, the spiritual Christian. We'll just talk about all, all different levels of Christian, but today we're going to highlight the committed Christian. And uh, I need a mic again. I know I gave it back, but I need it again. And I need Isaac. How you? Did you know I was calling on you? So I, uh, he's looking for the mic. Oh yeah, he's just looking for the mic here. So I so you told a story. Uh, guy talk right about uh, an experience your wife had in training right could you share that okay um so when my wife was in training uh one of her her boss one of the assistant principals told a story um okay so all right sorry <laughs> um, so uh a boss came to um uh, one of the guys that he that worked for him, and the guy wanted uh, a promotion, so it was time for a promotion. Um, and so there was two guys up for it. The one guy had been working for him for for years, um, and the guy just knew he was going to get the promotion. Um, and so it was another guy who just really needed a job, and he was just you know eager to for the opportunity. 
So he gave them a task and he told them, okay, I need y'all to go buy me some oranges for my wife. I need a bunch of oranges for my wife. Um, and they both was like, okay, I got it. So the one, you know, he went out and got the oranges. The other one, the one who, you know, just was eager for the opportunity was like, well, I don't really know how many oranges or what it's for. So he called his boss's wife and asked her, okay, how many oranges do you need? What do you need it for? You got people coming into town. And she was very appreciative. And so she gave him all the information. And so he was able to tailor made the amount that he got, the type that he got for uh, his wife. And so at the end of the task, you know, the boss gave the promotion to the second guy. And the first guy comes storming in his office and he was he was mad. He 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 was upset. He's like, I've been serving for over eight years. Everything you asked me to do, I did it. And the boss said, You're right. You did everything I asked you to do, but you did the bare minimum. You did what I told you to do, but there was no thought, there was no care, there was no, you know, and the other guy, he made sure he went above and beyond. And that's why he got it and that's why you didn't. And so the point of the, uh, the story was that we can't just expect to get something because we're always around or we've been in the church for a while or because, you know, I know him or whatever, but it's, is what is our heart? What is, what is the your motive behind it? So, I when I heard the story, I thought it was powerful. He didn't know what I was teaching, um, so I thought it was interesting how, uh, because the Bible says, you know, um, you know, in the last days people come up to, to the Lord. I cast out demons in your name. I heal the sick, raise the dead. Said he'll say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I do not know you. And and it, it shows, you know, sometimes people do. Uh, he he uh, he used the phrase the bare minimal, but sometimes they're doing things on the surface. They're 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 putting forth an effort, but some people, without uh, publicizing it, are always going the extra mile, are uh, customizing their care, um, their thoughtfulness, and their detail. And so, the the, the p people that are are too busy to pay attention, they're not aware of what that person's doing because they're just focused on themselves. And then when that person gets promoted, they they think that they don't they don't deserve it because they haven't been their tenure hasn't been long, but they didn't see all that person did. First of all, the second the first guy never saw what the other guy did. He didn't announce it. He called the wife privately, and and, and did it, right? And and but what he did was he he made an effort with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his mind. So he gave of himself to make sure he was serving. Uh, the wife or or the boss. Let's go to Second Corinthians uh, thirteen. You know, and 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 a lot of this lesson is gonna explain sometimes what the delay is, because you know I, I listen. People complain. Uh, uh, well, I don't, I don't use the word complain, but people are sometimes baffled, and sometimes they retreat and run away from God and the kingdom of God. Because they go, I can't believe this is happening. Why it's not happening? But they're not really realizing that they may not be giving their heart, soul, and mind to what God has asked them to do. They may be doing a bare minimum, but they want God to give his heart, soul, and his mind to blessing them. You know, and the scripture says in Matthew 7, the same measure you meet shall be measured back to you. Um, so just work with me here. Just uh, 
This is just for uh, for us to set a target for our lives. So 2 Corinthians 13, and we'll, we'll hit verse 5, right? Uh, so it says this, examine, or we can use another word, measure yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. So it's it's it's, it's say examine yourself. So some, sometimes I was sharing this with somebody recently. You got to sit sit back and examine your choices you're making, uh, the effects of those choices. Uh, some of the more senior people I've had, you know, more transparent conversations. Uh, you know, Ms. Lamar, we've had some some in-depth conversations um, because he's been exposed to a lot. So a lot of our conversations have been about measurement, correct? I mean, we've been talking about that over the years. Good conversations, I mean, and, um, but, it's, it, but it's not from the standpoint of I'm measuring you. It's been like, hey, how come, I remember our first conversation was, how come God didn't show up and do it for you? Wasn't that our first conversation? And he said, huh? I was like, yeah. I said, if, you, if, you, if, if these people back in the day were, were somewhat overlooking you, how come God didn't come through? Because promotion comes from God. Right? So I said, so you might want to step back and measure. You know, measure yourself and, 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 and evaluate yourself. You know, again, I had to do this, you know, because I was believing for, uh, <laughs> thank God, but I was believing for a wife. And I remember making a statement to God, well, Lord, I need you to send me the perfect wife. And he answered the question knowing that I was off in in what I desired, right? Because I wasn't measuring based on virtuous woman or none of that. I'm, you know, I'm just, I wasn't even in the, the Bible all like that. I was just fresh out the pack. I just wanted, you know how we do. I want a perfect woman. He said, what's she going to get? That's how he answered my question. Then he gave me a visual of the wife, which I now have, and what she would be looking for. It scared the life out of me. I was like, I'm nowhere near that. But if you think about it, we're honest with ourselves. Most of the time, we focus on what we want, not who we are. And we focus on what we want and not if we're ready to handle it. We focus on what we want to get from others, but not what they're going to get from us. We, so we almost are telling other people, you tolerate me, but I want the best of you. Right? We good? I'm just, I'm just, give, just giving perspective. I mean, that's like, even if, even if you run everybody that's challenged you, that's trying to help you change off. One person you can never run off, you. You still there. Like, because you know how, like, you know, somebody tries to say something to you and you get defensive. You know, you know how we, we get defensive. <laughs> Who you think you're talking? So normally people are like, hey, oh, hey, hey, I was just trying to help. Guess what? Guess who's still there? You, you still there, and and if you really are honest, if you start listening to that inner voice, the inner voice will be telling you, "Now you know, good one, you need to change, you need to stop that, right?" But sometimes we what, we shut that voice down too, right? We pretend that the, the, now all of a sudden it's the devil. Mm -hmm, that was the devil. No, that wasn't the devil. That was the truth. <laughs> stop calling the truth the devil, right? All right, so. <laughs> So the Amplified says this. It says, test and evaluate yourselves to see whether you are in the faith and living your lives, look, as committed believers. Examine yourselves, not me, or, 
or or do you not recognize this about yourselves by an ongoing experience right and then uh luke 12 let's go to luke 12 you, this is going to be it's going to make a lot of sense here in a minute because what God was telling me is, hey, yes, we're transitioning and things like that. He says, but I've been trying to get stuff to, to, to my people for a long time. So if they can embrace what I'm going to share today, if we can embrace uh, what he wants to share today, you're going to watch elevations, promotions, blessings, and things come in your life, breakthroughs like that. Because I've learned this, that, that, even though, let's say we've missed it. So let's say you've missed it and you've delayed something by three or four years. I notice God, when you change your heart, it doesn't take three or four years to get what God wants to give you. It's, it's the heart adjustment. Now, I'm not talking about when you, if you change your head. I'm not talking about you change your head because, you know, your head is, is, you know what? I can't believe I did that. I ain't going to do that no more. That's the head. The heart is it's at the core of you that's when things really change that's the part god sees it says man looks on the outward appearance man you can talk your way into stuff god looks on the heart right and when you change your heart you start to draw in the things that god wants to add to you right because when you you shift your heart to seeking first the kingdom of god and his righteousness this is my heart now like i saw something with ray yesterday so first of all stella and the and the, the intercessory team uh listen we walked in here actually we couldn't start the service for 20 minutes after the start time that's how the the, the presence was in your service so pretty much everybody walked in just went to their knees and we just stayed on our knees. So I knew the people calling in was like, okay, what's going on? Seven o'clock, nobody's speaking. But uh, as, uh, who said that? I don't know, Z or somebody said they, somebody said they was calling in, they could sense it on the phone. Oh, that was Ty, or you. You said that too, right? And so, so, so this is the thing. Then Ray got up and he played the song, um, Nothing, Nothing Else by Cody Carnes. Cody Khan is already on the playlist, right? I, I was listening to it this morning at 4.30. Uh, so, but, so Ray goes in. Now, Ray was already in when they were praying. Like, Ray was in tears. He was done. I was like, well, even if we start the service, I don't know if he's going to be ready. Because he was gone. He was on his, he was out. And so then he, 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 he put the song on and he went again. He's gone. He's in tears. He's like, you know. Uh, but you know what? You know what? You can identify without even him opening his mouth, his heart. Well, he, he, if he said nothing, we'd be like, now that dude right there, his heart is towards God. Now, let me ask you this. Can somebody identify your heart towards God without you opening your mouth? Right? All right? Okay. All right. So, so let's go to Luke 12. Luke 12, verse 42. So, so, so now we know about being passionate. We read through that. We read about the committed scripture just, just, just a second ago. And um, look at this. It says, uh, verse 42, it says, And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward? Whom the Lord shall look, look, shall make ruler over his household 
and to give to them their portion of meat in due season. So now the scripture is saying that this person will be promoted to a level where he'll rule what God has established for him. And he'll give him his meat or his his resources, his provision, all that's needed for him to rule in due season. Because that's what the scripture says. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that he shall reap. Right? It says, be not weary and well doing, but you shall reap if you faint not. But uh, Psalm 1 says... Uh, you shall you you uh, you shall receive in due season, right? So it's a it's a it's a there's a time for every purpose. To everything, there's a season, but there's a time for every purpose. So it's a due season for you, right? But it's a due season for you to have a provision for you to fulfill God's will that you're committed, you're committedly passionate about, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And so so this is what he's saying. He says like he says he says who then is a faithful and wise steward right it says blessed is that servant whom the whom his lord when he cometh shall find so doing so now now i worked in corrections and one of the things uh the way i used to keep the unit under control because sometimes it was one in 55 one in 61 so what i had to do is i had to do random checks so the reputation was mr bradley could show up anytime so now the unit was not chaotic because they didn't know when I was going to show up. So they was always on their P's and Q's, at least while I was on staff, right? Because I just pop up. I mean, what you doing? <laughs> just pop up, just pop up. Well, he's saying this. When I pop up, are you doing? When I pop up, are you faithful? When I pop up, are you committedly passionate about what's important to me? When I pop up, are you with your heart? your soul and your mind loving me and my people. Just pop up. So that's not just in church, right? That's last night, the night before. If I pop up 3 o'clock in the morning, what's your focus? Does that make sense? Right? And then it says, uh, so if I was going to do it, verse 44, it says, of a truth, I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. He says, so if I find this, per- so, I'm, so the, I've already given a person a level of responsibility and given them something to be steward over. If I show up and I find them faithful over what I've already given them, I'm going to make them rule over everything. But if I find him not faithful, I'm probably going to take what he has. Right? I'm going to give an opportunity first, right? 45. It says, but if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to, to beat the men servants and the maid servants and to eat and to drink and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in that day when he looketh not for him and at the hour when he is not aware and will cut him in it says sunder and will appoint his portion with the unbelievers so this is what he's saying if i show up and they're not and they're not faithful taking care of focus on on, on my kingdom and my people well i'm gonna show up and I'm, I'm gonna take that portion that was allotted for him and 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 i'm gonna give it to those that don't even deserve it so a lot of times when we're looking around and we're going how come they have stuff they probably have yours. So they didn't take it. 
It was given to him. Even the Jezebel manipulative spirit. Je Jezebel doesn't take nothing. It takes what we relinquish. So we have to relinquish. So we're, let's say if you're supposed to be uh, singing and you decide not to. Well, th there's always somebody with that spirit go, I sing. Now you got the wrong person in place that's not flowing in harmony. They're creating discord. They're creating confusion. Right? But, and then we'll complain about them, but why are they there? Because somebody's not in place. Somebody's not committedly passionate to what? God and God's people. Kingdom work first, right? We good? We still here? All right, good. And this is the thing. Um, it's very difficult to lose sight of, to abuse, to take for granted anyone or anything that you have truly committed to, invested in, or truly valued. So that's why God wants us to commit to his kingdom. Because you, you can't take it for granted if you're, if you're committedly, committedly passionate about it, right? You can't take it for granted. You can't abuse it. The only time you can take something for granted, abuse it, uh, not value it, not appreciate it, is what? When you're not committed. So, so, so I have this lovely lady right here. Uh, I'm committed. So I can't do anything. I can't take it for granted if I try. Because I'm, I'm all in. I'm committed. Can't abuse it. Interesting enough, so, so of course I had to mention her first because it's God and her. Um, I'm committed to my family, right? I, I, I'm, I'm totally committed to my family. But guess what? I'm committed to you guys. So I can't take you for granted. And, and oh, come on, how you going to remember everybody? It's easy. I pray for everybody. I can't forget the Anabaldis because I pray for them. I can't forget. Now, it's, it, it will be easier for you, you guys to forget me if you ain't praying for me. Right? I just thought I slipped that in there. I just uh, <laughs> oh, man. The day I forgot to pray for you. <laughs> right? But I'm saying it's hard. It's very hard. And what you're going through, uh, as you were believing for your healing, it's kind of hard to forget because uh, yeah, I have a certain flow. I have a certain list. And then I, I, I have it flowed a certain way. Can't forget my God's son because I'm praying for him. And you might say all these people, well, I'm doing the best I can for all these people. But right now, so far, the capacity has not outweighed my memory. <laughs> so far. And I don't think it will. God, God, God's sweet like that. He's special like that. You know, he just keeps you with a certain flow. And then I'm a math guy so, you know, we, we have certain ways we remember stuff, you know. Um, but so, so I'm always mindful of people. I call people in different states and stuff like that because I'm praying for them. But if I wasn't praying for y'all, with all due respect, if I see you, I'm probably more uh, would be a lot more mindful than I did than I would if I didn't. But I don't see everybody all the time. But I'm still praying for them. Right? I'm praying for the Dawsons. I have to see them all the time. They're on my list. The Yorks, right? They're on the list. Some of y'all like who's the that guy represents the Dawsons back there, and the Yorks aren't here. <laughs> but I'm praying for him, right, right. And so, so, so it, it's it's uh because God and God's people is important to me, right. And so God just wants. Okay, let me just let me keep going so I I, I don't get a uh, sidetrack, which I have a habit of doing. Let's go to Romans twelve. 
So hopefully we'll see this scripture in a different light than normal. Um, and, and really understand it's not a punishment. It's actually a setup for a lot of blessing. All right, so Romans 12, 1. It says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Excuse me. Which that word reasonable service means the least you can do. Right? The least you can do is give your vessel for what God designed the vessel for. Right. It was. And, and I get it. I get it. You know, I'm 57 now. Uh, I just turned 57 in August. My wife has been 57 since January. So I'm, I'm trying to reach just to to to, to maintain some, some level of youth because I know I don't get to pick with her until January again. But living on this life 57 years and actually being uh, a fool. Uh, at quite a few stages of my life uh, I, I realized like when I was a fool I honestly didn't think God cared enough or I was worth it enough for him to come through for me so I was like well I don't want to do God's stuff and miss out on which, what I'm really going to enjoy and if I, if, if I knew what I knew now I would have never done anything but God I would have never, I, I would have never hung out. I would have never kicked it. I would have never got high. I would have never did none of those things. If I knew what I knew now, I would have never got pulled away. I'd be like, well, y'all going with your bad self. I ain't going. I ain't missing out on this. Because what God has, think about, you can think about the greatest things going on in your life. God has more than that for you. And some of our strategies and our plans doesn't mean that we're not going to uh, have a benefit from the strategy but our strategy sometimes gets us a thing not all that God has for us and then when you get that thing it doesn't fulfill you like you thought it was but you sacrifice so much of your so much of God and his people to get it and now you feel like well I gotta stay married to it because I gave up so much for it so if I if I, if I embrace that, this is not the right thing, then I'm going to have to eat the pain of I, I skipped over so much. And we, we do it sometimes through our intellect, sometimes through our ambition, uh, sometimes through tradition. Some of us have worked so hard to establish our own uh, rule at the expense of getting what God has for us to rule. All right, so I'll explain that further here in a little bit. So, so, so now we got to ask ourselves about commitment and giving ourselves and being faithful and, and being passionate. Ask yourself this question. Have you ever sustained a long-term commitment? Have you ever sustained a long-term commitment? This is good for you to put on your refrigerator and start thinking about it. Or do you check out at the first sign of being uncomfortable or if there's a misunderstanding? So listen. Have you ever maintained? Because any level of commitment is going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be misunderstanding. There is no thing you're committed to that's going to go smooth the whole time. So now you have to ask yourself, now, 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 and I get it. Sometimes we were raised where we were babied for so long. By the time we became an adult, we're used to things going our way. But that was a false uh, presentation of the reality of life. 
that's a false presentation of the reality of life. The only way things can continue that way is if your parent or your or whatever loved one that's been spoiling you is going to be your boss, going to be your teacher, uh, going to be your coach uh, for the rest of your life. And then it still doesn't go that way because they're going to be under the pressure of the other people that have deserved opportunity to. So, 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 so now you got to ask yourself, okay, how many people have done this? You bailed out of a situation too soon and regretted it later. You can tell me because we're family, you know. I know you ain't tell nobody else, but you can tell me. Just put your hands up. Let me see the hand. Yeah. Right. And, and, and but, but a lot of times when we do that, we bail out, we have regrets, we keep it to ourselves, or we're in denial. I didn't really make that mistake. And then we try to fix it by doing the same thing a different way over, as opposed to just cutting our losses. Right? And realizing... I'm going to have to finish something. Oh, Lord, my God. We got together two different cultures, uh, Columbus, Ohio, North New Jersey. Um, we had to work through becoming one. Like, we just wasn't going to be one. And I'm going to tell you right now, I tried to, I tried to, I probably tried it for like two months. She didn't make me try it. I tried the appeasing thing. You know, you just appease somebody because you don't want them to be mad at you. I tried that. And I'm sure she tried it. Long, she might try it longer than that. I'm just going to appease him. She had this look on her face like, of course. All right. So let's make sure you're fully represented up here. Right. So we tried the, both of us tried the appeasing thing. It didn't work. The only thing that worked is us speaking the truth in love. That's the only thing that works. Not, oh, I'm not going to say nothing because I want this person to be a man. Well, you know, every time I say that, they get all sensitive. That never works for neither one of us because we, you know, yeah, yeah, I know we both talk. So it just it ain't going to hang in there long. Eventually, one of us going to get frustrated. Like, okay, babe, babe, babe. Well, she, yeah, her thing is, honey, can I talk to you? <laughs> uh, did something else stupid. Right? But those honey, can I talk to you's is what's forged the relationship. I'm so glad she was committed. She had committed passion for our marriage. Oh, my God, I'm so glad. Because, listen, I could be a piece of work. I'm an exhaustive thinker. I'm so, <clears throat> everything got to be a certain way. Like I could, trust me, you know, you know, y'all be thinking I'm, I'm a piece of work, but she lives with me. <laughs> okay, we didn't need no like endorsements. <laughs> All right. So, so, uh, and, and I've committed to her. Regardless of, you know, uh, because we both have went through pain before we got into the relationship. And instead of, uh, how could I say, uh, spewing that pain out on the people that caused it, we spewed the pain out on each other. And neither one of us had anything to do with it. Y'all have seen that play out before, right? Okay, so good, 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 good. Stay with me here. All right, so uh, have you ever committed to something? So you got to ask yourself, uh, have you ever seen it work out for good? See, a lot of times you've never seen it work out for good because it working out for good was on the other side of the workout part. See, it has to work out for your good. It has to work together for good. But a lot of times we don't continue in to see it work out. Yeah, uh, my wife said jump ship. A lot of times we jump ship before it works out. You know, that's why people... Uh, uh, church hop 
marriage hop, friendship hop, job hop. And the thing is, which we don't realize, I, I share this about job for the young people. The thing is about you're better off sustaining a bad job than to keep jumping around looking for a good one. Because when you sustain a bad job, what you have on your resume is endurance, is resilience, is discipline and commitment. So even though the, the bad job, you've just flipped into a good opportunity for you to get a promotion on another job. Yep, Most people, I guarantee, first of all, I haven't been an employer, haven't been someone that had to hire and fire. I'm looking at, well, this person, they, they just got a bunch of six-month jobs, five-month jobs. They ain't stuck with nothing. Why would I hire them with me? Soon as something get uncomfortable, they out. Right? Something to think about, right? Alright, so so <laughs> and, and this is the thing, you know, you know, you 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 got uh you got people in the Bible that people uh somebody was talking about how I think it was Ray, how people be flipping the Bible and stuff like that. So they'll look about you know, you got Abraham, you got Noah, Moses, you know, they complain. The difference between Abraham and Moses is uh they didn't understand because it hadn't been done yet. See, see, in Noah's case, it had never rained. We actually have Noah's example. In Abraham's case, he had never seen a nation. In Moses' case, he had never seen, I'm going to go talk to Pharaoh. Do you know their rep? We have their experiences. We don't have excuse. They didn't have it. They, they were pioneers. They almost was justified to go through what we're supposed to learn from, right? So they should be our examples to press through. Uh, Ray did it, not Ray taught yesterday, but he had taught another time, and he made this statement, uh, what are you committed to? He might not even remember, but, you know, I, I'll be writing out notes. Uh, he said, what are you committed to? And uh, let's go to Psalm 37. You remember that, right? I be learning from everybody in the building, so I got all Tyson notes. I'm about to share something me and Venetia was talking about yesterday. So, uh, now the scripture says in uh, 37 verse 4, it says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee place in thee and plant in thee the desires of thine heart. But look here, verse 5, and Ray used this when he was uh, asking about commitment. Uh, it says, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So on the front end, we have to commit, right? We have to be open for God. Um, I, now, I wrote this down. I think I got this from you, Ray. If I didn't, then I got it from the Holy Spirit while you was teaching. But the statement was, uh, open up before God, holding nothing back, and he'll take it from there. Uh, and I think that's a, another version of that, that, that scripture. That's where I got it from. So open up before God, holding nothing back. So uh, we talk about uh, being what is it? All what? All in. all in, right. So being all in, and he'll take it from there. But he can only take it from there when you're all in. He has to have all of you to give you all that you deserve, right? And, uh, and this, is, this is a commitment is staying true to what you said long after the mood has left. Now, I, got, I did get that from Ray. 
So commitment is, is, is staying true to what you said or what you committed to long after the mood is left. But what I heard there is when the butterflies are worn off, when, you know, to feel good. Because, you know, when you first get the job and you committed, you sign on a dotted line, uh, like in some of these uh, professional sports, when you was, uh, you was so happy to get this contract or to get this job, and you, uh, and they, remember the interview? Oh, no, no. Uh, if you need me to work extra hours, no problem. <laughs> oh, I'm the type of person that would do anything. Uh, you know, I'm always mindful of others. And, and uh, once I'm, I'm committed to a job, I'm loyal. I'm the, I'm the most loyal person in the world. You look in the dictionary, under loyal, you'll see me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, sir, you can count on me. Then what happened to that a few months later? And I can't believe, man, it got me working overtime, you know. But, but it's, it's that season where the, the job works overtime. Right, so, so the butterflies don't wore off, right? But if you commit it, you commit it. We're in a situation where we, a uh, uh, family member was uh, uh, renting our property. Well, some of y'all already know who it is, I guess. <laughs> it's my son. But I committed when he moved. And once we sold the property, I was, we were going to do something. We committed that we were going to do something for him. But I also said, if you don't do this, this, that, and the other, then we can't do what we want. And this is monetary. And, uh, but, I, but we committed. He didn't do everything he's supposed to do. So I, we were justified to default on the commitment. But we didn't. Right? We didn't. Why? Uh, because there's something that me and my wife is talking about. I said, you know, I want him to, to, to understand commitment a lot of times is independent of circumstances. I want him to see that if we told him something, we're going to do what we told him independent of what he's doing. Because God's like that. He's faithful even when we're, we don't know about it. He, he abides faithful even when we're not, right? And so, so, so you got to ask yourself, like Ray was saying, what are you really committed to? And, and growing up, commitment for, for guys, for guys in Newark, that was like a curse word, you know. And then we almost kind of flowed like, it wasn't like pressure not to commit because it was, it was a given. So you almost, people dealt with you like, oh, no, that's a guy. Oh, he's a guy. Guys don't commit, which we were cool with, you know. And then if somebody expected commitment, our response was, I'm a guy. <coughs> commit? What are, you, what are you kidding? We was going fine with the friendship. Now you start talking about commitment. Oh, no, 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 we're not doing that. And then you got to a point where you recognized commitment and you were scared of it. Because you hadn't experienced that level of accountability or giving yourself before. But what I've, I've discovered that in the kingdom and as we all grow, some of us are like the guys that were growing up in, in my hometown in Newark. Like, like, like we're afraid of commitment. Like somebody gives you, I, I'll think about it. I might do it. Well, I don't know. And see, I would like tell you I don't know because then if you came back to me later, I'd be like, well, I didn't commit. I told you I didn't know. <laughs> but I think God is saying, you're wanting me to commit to giving you this provision, this meat. This, this. But am I getting you to commit? What's, you want a guarantee, what's mine? 
And, 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 and let's, let's, let's be honest. If we aren't committed all in, why do we expect, or, or not expect, I'm going to take that back because some of us ain't, may, may not expect, why are we frustrated when God is not providing at the degree we desire? As opposed to saying, hey, Based on the situation, I'm not. It's not like I'm committed. Oh, uh, uh, what is what is who who? Uh, let me see if I can do this. All right. So who was it? Who, who it was? Ed, right? Was you talking about the flicker? Who was talking about the flicker light? Ray, right again, huh? Ty started it, right? And so, so if you unplug, if 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 it's not plugged in, you have no power, man. And they were talking about how. I probably can't do this. You know why? Because it's not really plugged in. You see what I'm saying? It's not, it's not totally plugged in. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you're going to have light and sometimes you're not. But when you get plugged in, you have full power. Ty was talking about power. That's what it was. Yeah. Right? And so, so it's the, full blessing is, is for the committed. That's not a put down to anybody. Because if you didn't know what it took, it would be like somebody ho somebody tricking you. You know what I mean? Man, I want, I want full blessing, but ain't nobody telling me how to get it, man. Trying to play me. No, you actually have the information. You have the choice whether or not to act on it. Right? Does that make sense? We all have the choice whether to act on it. Does that make sense? I, so, so, so this brings us to, we've been talking about the committed Christian, the resilient Christian. The resilient Christian. And so resilience is enduring the seemingly impossible until you push through into the possible realm. So listen, resilience is enduring the seemingly impossible. So that means stuff is coming at you like it's not possible. It's uncertain. It's unbelievable. I don't think it's going to happen. But you keep pushing. You hang in there, right? You walk by faith and not by sight. You don't look on the things that you see for their temporal. You look on the things that you can't see for the eternal, 2 Corinthians 4.18. 2 Corinthians 5.7 is walk by faith and not by sight. Until you reach the impossible. Now, I'm not talking about somebody taught recently on a foolish faith. Who was that? I heard that somebody. The Lou. DJ. Uh, DJ. DJ? Yeah. DJ said it on Monday. So foolish faith is I'm walking out in front of a bus and I expect the Lord not to, for, to stop the bus from me getting hit. The Lord's like, I ain't tell you to go out there. Right? Right? But he used another example, though. He said jumping out of a plane without a parachute. Like, Lord, save me. The Lord's like, I ain't tell you to jump. Right? So we're not talking about foolish faith or we're not talking about leaning to our own understanding. Lord's going to come through. Lord's going to come through. And we're not committed. So we're not talking about I'm going to keep saying God's going to come through because that's what the Bible says. We're talking about I've actually put myself in position by being committed. I'm plugged in so I can receive. So it's not based on our, our emotional outbursts because sometimes, you know, uh, and this is not a put down, but religion teaches you to be emotional. I know this for a fact because I have pastor friends in their seminary schools. They teach them as long as the sermon is emotional. You don't have to understand as long as you hyped. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of because they know people sometimes are 
they'll move, they'll return, they'll make you feel good about preaching as long as things are hyped. Now, this is, this is from an actual source. This is not something I'm making up. But the thing is, the dangerous thing about that is you'll, you'll be hyped up, right? But the, the hyped up doesn't forge commitment in your life, action in your life. Because that, that, that environment made you feel good. You go back home. Uh, it, the feel good wears off and then you got to come back again to feel good and then you go back home the feel good wears off God is way beyond the feel good God is, be, God is about the manifestation and for things to manifest we have to deal in reality for you to leave some bondages of debt uh, sickness and disease mental uh, sickness and stuff like that for you to be released you have to be free the thing that frees you is the truth not somebody emotionally pumping you up. You're going to be all right. Based on what? <laughs> see, 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 now I'm, I've, I'm mature, but when I was young, young, fresh out of Newark, I'd be, I'm the guy that'd be asking all them, them questions, you know, like, hold on, hold on, you just said I was going to be all right. <laughs> I'm going to be all right just because you said I'm all right? So I don't have to do nothing. I just sit here and I'm going to be all right because you just said I was going to be all right. Or, you don't, or, or hey, 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 God, you know, God's going to do some wonderful things based on what? Because I could be a, a, a secret. I got to think of something that's not that bad. Uh, <laughs> money launderer. I'll just use that. <laughs> I could be a secret money launderer. And you just... You just threw me in the pot with everybody else. As opposed to telling me, you got to stop that money laundering, man. Now, that's going to make you uncomfortable, and I might not like you in that moment, but you just helped my life. You helped my life. And now I can return to, to committed passion because as long as I have these, 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 uh, this kryptonite, these, these things in me, I'm not going to be able to be all in. If I'm not going to be all in or not plugged in, I'm not going to receive all that God has for me. And that's the only thing that's going to fulfill me. I've never been satisfied. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this rhetorically. I've never been satisfied. That means we, that's what we all say with just that thing. Even though I've worked hard to get that thing, it never satisfied me. Once I got it, I was like, really? This is it? I should feel some type of way. Where's the goosebumps? Something. I've never been satisfied with just what I wear. Now, I'm, I'm, I am talking about me, but I can speak for a lot of people in this room. I, even though, I, oh, I can't wait to buy this or get these shoes, this, that, and the other. But once I got them, I was like, okay, nice. But they, 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 hey, they didn't remove the sickness. They didn't remove the depression. Uh, they added to the debt, so we know they didn't remove that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so... I want to enjoy those things because God has given me richly those things to enjoy. But I need what it's going to take for me to live in his, his fullness, his wholeness. My cup runs over. When I have peace, I have harmony. Uh, I have, I, I, like it seems like everywhere I look, family, uh, resources, uh, acquisitions, opportunities, everywhere I look, I see peace and fulfillment. How I get that? Committed passion. Well, the interesting thing, that's what God wants for you. 
right? That's what God wants for you. So, so uh, let's go here to Mark nine. Mark nine. And so, so, so think about this for a second. Um, because I think about Jesus, and I think about his commitment. Uh, scripture says in Hebrews twelve, he endured the cross. It was an endurance, and we'll talk about that. Um. Uh, we talk about the steadfast Christian, but he endured the cross. But it wasn't just the, the, the being nailed. It wasn't just this part. Look at everything he had to endure. Are we talking about the Messiah? Like some of us have never been elevated to that level of, of power, authority, and rule. And we get taken back if, 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 if we think somebody didn't speak to us. But imagine if you are the pers- only person in the world that everybody should definitely be referencing. And, and somebody treating you like you nothing. And then they spitting on you and kicking you and sticking cr- thorns on. Like, if you look at what he went through, then they mocked him and he could have took them all out. Uh, the, the, that, that suffering, the sufferings of this present time are worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in you. The sufferings of this present time aren't worthy to be compared. They can't hold a candle to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Romans 8.18. That suffering word means restrained retaliation. Listen, some of us can't retaliate, period, let alone restraint. That means I have the ability, Minister Sammy, to defend myself, to save face. Oh, to make all y'all look foolish. I have the ability is what Christ had, but I I have a bigger goal. My goal is, one, to be sitting on the right hand of the Father. Two, to be walking in all power. Not just be uh, feeding 5,000 and healing a couple of blind folks. And for me to achieve what's more important than your embarrassment, I'm going to have to embrace full humiliation to, to experience full exhortation. I'm going to have to embrace, I'm going to say it again, full humiliation to experience full exhortation and and the hard part for us is full humiliation it's been tough for us to embrace a drop of humiliation but we want all the exhortation you see what I'm saying so so there's there's a there's a there's a process so when I look at how Jesus processed through things like if anybody should have got offended in life, it should have been Jesus. Right? If anybody should have got offended, um, you know, like mad, upset, it should have been Jesus. But Jesus, he, he took all that stuff. Measure what we get offended about. Uh, Zipporah qu- quotes this scripture a lot. Uh, what is it? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> She knew where I was going. Right? And that's the thing. So it says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. And it's so take up, take up your cross. Take up what you're going to have to deal with with your horizontal relationship with man and what you're going to have to deal with with your vertical relationship with God. Are we fully taking up our cross? Right? So sometimes when you're misunderstood, that's a part of your cross. Sometimes when it's, it's humbling 
and there's a level of humiliation, that's a part of your cross. So when you're saving face and you snap back because somebody's trying to help, some of y'all in the room, I'm going to say this respectfully, but some of y'all can't nobody tell you the truth. So you might have to go around asking the people close to you, what truth have you been trying to tell me that has been hard for you? Not to uh, be embarrassed or, or, but to have an opportunity for humiliation so you can get your elevation. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, like, so, so let's, let's get here. Let's, let's get to this because we got to get out of here because this is uh, the last day of the fast and some of us got to eat. <laughs> Why'd you mention it? I was doing fine. All right. So Mark 9, 23. I know some of y'all already ate, so. Uh, Mark 9, 23, it says, Jesus said unto him, If, if thou can't believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Right? Uh, the scripture says in Hebrews eleven twenty seven. it says, Endure, they, they, the, the, it says those people of faith endured as seeing the unseen. So, they endured as seeing the, the impossible as possible. How does that tie into Christ? Christ had to see he was going to be resurrected even though no one had ever seen resurrection. Right. right. Christ had to believe he was going to experience God resurrecting him from the ultimate humiliation. That means he lost all of him, all his power, even the presence of God. Remember he said, Father, Father, why have thou forsaken me? It was part of the seven last words. So, how many of us, this, uh, Philippians 2 says, uh, t let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Right? It said, he, it said he was obedient unto death, the death of the cross. What it means is, because to, to, to complete your obedience, you have to experience some humiliation. Because the, 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 the devil would try to tempt you not to fulfill your full obedience by saying, that's going to be embarrassing. People are going to look at you like, what's taking so long? Remember Noah? Dude, been a couple years now, bro. I ain't seen this. What's this stuff you said? Rain or what is it? Look, look, look. That dude been drinking, man. I'm trying to tell you. He been drinking. Because they hadn't rained. It had never rained. Ever. It was, no one had a reference for rain. So imagine the humiliation of you building an ark the size of two football fields for a substance called rain that has never existed. Could God trust you to build your ark of purpose in the midst of the scrutiny of unbelievers that never saw what you're saying is going to manifest through your vessel? Can you deal with that or will you bail out? Or will you cheat and slip into doing what everybody says is possible. Can God trust us? Because it's, it's humiliating. Listen. I remember I left it. Because God started this process. He started this process. When I was in New Jersey. And he told me to move to Columbus, Ohio. I was playing um, in this uh, summer pro basketball league. So the coach was like, you leaving now? So I looked like a fool to him. Like, dude, why are you leaving? Like. You just scored 60. Why would you leave? What are you, what's wrong with you? 
Then I get to Ohio. We, we're together. And um, I'm working at this job. And the Lord was pulling on me to leave the job and take a, I had a secure job. I had worked my way up to be secure. He's, he, was, he was pulling on me to leave the job. So we was talking about it. But before I talked to her, I didn't want to talk to her because my wife is, is a fireball of faith. You know, y'all already know she's going to do a scared. She's going to step out there. So if I would have just said God, she'd be like, okay, baby, leave the job. So I didn't want to tell her because I was like, I got a family now, God. I was making these little faith moves when I was by myself. But, I, but, but come on, God. Like, and so I had to leave the job. I remember the social worker that I work with because I did normative culture groups, positive peer culture groups. He was like, so uh, what you doing? He said, I said, uh, remember I told you I'm leaving. He started laughing. I'm not talking about laughing like I'm so happy for you. He was laughing at me. Are you out of your mind? You're leaving a secure job. When I told some people that we were coming to Charlotte, why? Stay in Ohio. You can start your first day with probably at least a couple hundred people. What are you kidding? Why would you go to someplace you've never been before? Then you get here, we're in an apartment. You get all the calls. So how you doing? How many members you got? You got a building? Then as people would visit, the first one was the dance studio. They're visiting the dance studio. That's where we was at. Then they visited the building over there, which looked more like a church. It was on some property, but then they played us and we had to come down here. Then they come visit here, like, the, like through the process and all types of churches doing all types of stuff. But we had to embrace the humiliation because God had a plan and his plan takes time because we were growing in the plan. Not me, not her. But some people, oh, no, 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 this take, oh, no, no. It's taking too long. Well, I can't talk to my friends. They go to such and such big church and I go here. I, I'm not even inviting nobody to this church because, you know, I, I'm embarrassed stage that we're at. What happened to the humiliation? You embarrassed about what God's doing? Everything pioneered starts somewhere. The, the church that's already arrived started somewhere. For that business that you're doing, you want people to all the workers to bail out? Because it ain't like all the other businesses. You want them not inviting other people to, to, to help do the jobs because you're not as big as other people? Well, you reap what you sow. Right? Everything we do, we want. Okay, you throw a, a birthday party, you want a bunch of people to come, don't you? Yes. We throw a birthday party every week here, twice a week. A new birth party. For people to be birthed new in the kingdom. And to celebrate people that's already birthed in the kingdom. And birthing in new levels. Y'all inviting people to the party? <laughs> right, right, it's perspective. It's not put down. It is perspective. Because sometimes we don't think about these things. You know what I'm saying? And I get it. You know, a lot of times we don't think about these things. But God is trying to get us somewhere. So let's end with this scripture. 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians. Somebody mentioned this yesterday too. You probably don't know what I'm talking about, but don't, don't worry, you will when I share it. Alright, so 2 Corinthians 4, 8. It says, uh, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Uh, actually, I think you shared it, right? 
uh, you're pursue, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Just for the, the, the recording, uh, Sister Debbie shared the scripture uh, two days ago. This week. All right. Uh, it says, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, uh, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So, so we're, we're pressed on every side, but we shouldn't be rattled because we trust God. See, when we're pressed and we're going through stuff, it's, it's challenging your commitment and your passion. Because God, how does God see your commitment and passion? I did Bible study with Ohio State University football team for 12 years. So one of the linebackers comes in. He was a freshman. And he comes into Bible study. He said, he said man, he, he said, he said, Minister Brad, he said, man, it's a rough day. I said, why? What's so rough? He said, uh, he said man, I was, I was terrible today. I said, oh, good, good. He, what do you mean good? I just told you I was terrible. I said, listen. How are they going to assess how do you handle 105,000 people? How are they going to see how you handle mistakes? Because you're going to make them. They got to keep the pressure on you and practice. Their practice field, both of them don't seat 105,000 people. Maybe, I don't even know if it's 1,000. So the way they simulate that pressure is keep the pressure on you. The pressure that's been put on a lot of us, God is saying, how are you going to handle thousands of people? How are you going to handle thousands of people, thousands of, of contracts? How are you going to handle the thousands of people you're going to oversee? How are you going to handle the hundreds of thousands of people you're going to minister to? If you can't handle the pressure now. Somebody gives you a little bit of truth today and you get offended. How are you going to handle when all those people are criticizing you? If now you only spend as much time as you can with the people that, that, that uh, pump you up, what are you going to do when people are questioning you and not pumping you up? If your only motivation is when the crowd is roaring, what are you going to do when they're quiet? Because they will be quiet. And everybody's not quiet because you, you ain't doing well. Sometimes they're quiet because they think it. See, see, God is setting us up, but we got to be committed. So, and, and see, this is the thing. Me and my wife will tell you this. Um, but, but I've been this way my whole life. Whatever God tells me, that is what's going to keep me through the storms. So, so when God said, that's my wife, whatever we went through, God said, that's my wife. No matter what. When God said, leave the job. Whatever happened, lead a job. When he told her to lead a job, right? We just roll with it like this is what God said. When God said come to Charlotte, we're in Charlotte now. He said come to Charlotte, so that means he has a plan. Right? No matter what the situation, once God said it, we committed to and we put all our passion in it. Let me ask you something. Are you doing that? Because respectfully, and we'll get into it next week, that's what a lot of the holdup is. Why would God fund something that he didn't design for you to do? So oh, somebody might have mentioned it this week, doing stuff and then saying, God, you got me, right? 
I f- who mentioned that? Somebody mentioned that this week. But like you do it, you, you didn't ask God to do it, you just did it. Who did it? Stephanie? Yeah. So you didn't ask God, you just did it. And then you're like, God, you got it, right? God's like, oh, so we're doing this backwards? I'm responding to your will versus you responding to mine. We want to find out what God is for. So, so Venetia says something that I, I'll share. Uh, I thought it was it's pretty right on. She shared, uh, she said, she came to me, she says, well, Dad, you, uh, your love that you shared for us tonight, this was last night, she says, uh, you know, people preface stuff when they talk to the pastor. Not like you wasn't loving us before. <laughs> right? It was, like, it was like, otherwise interpreted. I couldn't stand you before. But no, no, she didn't say that. She, I, I'm making that up. But she was saying, like, you loved us before, but I like the way the love is coming across now. That's what she said. So I said, so what I shared with her, I said, well, this is the thing. I said, what we don't realize is there's stages of how you have to love. I said, love is not limited to kindness only. And this is why a lot of us are offended. We only live in a world of kindness. Everything has to be kind, 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 kind. But the Bible says God chastens whom he loves. The Bible says open rebuke is better than seeking love. So I know some people here because of their backgrounds, they'll go, oh, uh, uh, why you say that in public? Because that's what the Bible said. Open rebuke is better than secret love. Open rebuke is open, right? Everybody can see it, right? No, no, that's not, I'm not putting anybody down or anything. I'm just, I'm giving you perspective. So what I was telling her is I said, so I used my son. So my son used to be, I, I heard uh, you said about Terrell. Terrell did a phenomenal job. You know, y'all need to get the CDs for the whole week, but Terrell did an a amazing job. So they said they wanted their children when they grow up to model how Terrell is. And so I was sharing with her is, that's what people used to say about my son, like when he, especially when he was uh, young, going to teenage, going to high school, we just want everybody to be like Mondale, you know. And so, but when he got in his later, latter years, especially when his game got good, you know, his head started getting a little big, right? Then he'll tell you this, this is not a put down. Um, and so, it, it changed my dynamic as a parent because my life is about doing what's best for the people I love. Not what's comfortable for me. So now, I'm at the games. I can't go, oh, you know whose son that is. Yeah, yeah, what, what, what? My son. I couldn't do that. I couldn't jump up and go, yeah, take him out. Oh, ooh, ooh, you can't check him. I couldn't do none of that. That's what I was thinking on the inside, just to let y'all know. <laughs> Why? Because his head would get bigger. So I had to sacrifice my uh, celebration of him. So he can get what he needed. And it was excruciating. So, 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 so I was telling her, I said, we, the church was at a stage where it was dominant people needed the truth and love. But I said, as much as it's tough to hear, it's just as tough for the parent to share. Because you want to be liked too. And you know, when you share this truth, people may not like it. I'm sorry, I know all the accommodating ministries, um, but the accommodating ministries is not going to say nothing that's going to make you uncomfortable so you don't come back. Even if it's the truth you need so you can elevate to another level. Whereas here, that's why we're organically growing, we have to share the truth. Your life has to be more important than liking us. 
Not, we're not going to abuse nobody. I'm just saying if we need to share the truth, we have to do that. And I was sharing with her, we've grown at a place. So, so we still going to, y'all know we share on the truth and love no matter what. But we've grown to a place where people re- can receive more than just the truth without uh, getting overconfident, losing their commitment and their passion. You, you see, so, so a lot of times the, 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 the people facilitate how we have to love on them in our position. But then I said this to her, I said, but I can guarantee you one thing at this church, no one in the building, no one is visiting, no one is calling in from around the country could ever say they've been rejected. Not one person. They can get in their head and, and feel rejected, but they can't say they've been. So what that means is if they feel rejected, offended, they haven't talked to us. They haven't given us an opportunity to reject them. If they did, they're going to change how they look at things because we don't reject people. Is that correct? So I can say that. Listen, I can guarantee that. I stake my life on it. Or what do people say? Uh, uh, strike me down. <laughs> right? Right. So, but it, it, it takes a level of commitment and passion to press through those uncomfortable moments, even in relationships. To forge a healthy family. Like, I love this family. Like, I, I, mean, I mean, I know we're pastors, but I do, man. I talk about this family all the time. Every, because everybody's different. Everybody flows different. But man, like, I ain't never seen nothing like this in my entire life. I told her that sitting here uh, this week. I said, I've never seen nothing like this. And I'm not, I know I'm the pastor, but I'm trying to tell you, I've never seen this before. I've never seen these. The, I watch how people flow, how people grow. I watch how they harmonize. I mean, how do you have fast week and the speakers don't talk to each other and all their messages connect? It's phenomenal, man. It's just, a, it's, it's just phenomenal. So, so I just wanted, I wanted to take time. We're going to take some time in a few weeks to reignite our committed passion. Um, I, it's, 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 I told you it's going to set you up for something. But you got to find that out next week. You know, you know, you know it's like to be continued. Yeah, so you got to come next week. A little cliffhanger. Yeah. Ah, sweet. Cliffhanger. See, that's, see, that's good. It's good observation. <laughs> right? So uh, let's stand on your feet. That's enough for today.